Sarah Bakerstaff, how are you? Alejandro, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. We are we are live and ready to go. It sounds um, like one of those things that sounds really impressive, right? To have a podcast and it's pretty much we're just sitting in this weird room <laughs> with a couple of microphones in front of ourselves and, and are gonna chat. But thank you for coming, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. You almost you almost cancelled on me. You I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know close. how it is in this business. Like uh-huh. our days get so crazy and yeah, when I texted you earlier today, I hadn't eaten or showered and I was running around stressed, dealing with a contract. I and, saw that uh, <laughs> message coming up and it reminded me like it gave me like one of those traumatic um, flashbacks to when I was uh, dating in college and you're like looking forward to like going out with this girl and then they send you that fake text that's like Aww. oh hey uh, something came up I'm not gonna be able to show up uh, my favorite episode of friends is on tonight and I'm not gonna be able to make it hopefully they came up with something better yeah they, they usually did they'd come up with some pretty good stuff that's terrible but no actually I really try to pride myself on not being flaky to mm-hmm. people and so for me it was just a matter of sucking it up let today. me tell so, but you bought me lunch. So I did buy you lunch. You. I was like, you you better get your butt over here. <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing that I know is that um, flaking on plans is my number one. Probably aside from people driving slow on the left lane, <laughs> I would say that um, people flaking on plans. It's your pet peeve. Top number one pet peeve. Yes. And my wife does it all the time all like the time. Like personal or business? Personal. Or just, okay. No, no, no. Per, well, personal and business. Yeah. But um, but just in general, like I just feel like you, if you made a plan with someone that you're going to do something, I do then too. you're, I, I think you're it's doing very it. Important. Like it's it there. shows integrity. Uh, absolutely. You know, even if you don't feel like it. It's so, uh, to me, I've had so many different arguments with Angelina about, uh, to me, it's super inconsiderate of other people's time. It is. To just say on the spot, you know what, I don't feel like going. And you have no idea what that other person has gone through to plan their day around. Or how around, important it is. Or how important it to is them, to them. For you to be there. Yeah, so I'm really glad you came because it would have really fractured <laughs> our friend. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, it would have it would have weighed on me. I would be sitting at home later thinking about it. <laughs> Watching Netflix and you would have been like, oh, but this feels so I know, bad. but no, this actually puts me in a better mood today. So it's I'm it's glad. always fun to hang out with you. Well, no, I mean it's glad and I would have understood because if there if there are a group of human beings that are very difficult to schedule or plan around, it is it realtors. Is the realtors. Oh my gosh. I mean it's so complicated. Because you guys have a lot going on. You have showings, you have, you know, uh, classes, you have appointments here or there. Right. You're all over the place. Well, and our schedule changes mm-hmm. every five minutes. Right. You know, so somebody so. might, like, oh, we're going to meet at one. Oh, we have to meet at 10 now. Oh, right. Or house just sold. Can't, you know, cancel Can- the showing. <laughs> cancel the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, thank goodness we have great people like you to keep us in line. There you go. <laughs> yeah, just like. And to help us. <laughs> I try to be polite, too. I was like, no. <laughs> I know. No, that was my gentle nudge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was your de- gen- gentle nudge. And yeah. inside or here in the office, I was saying, you know, some expletives where I was like, mother, better get here. <laughs> oh, it's okay. You can be honest with me. I know I can. That's yeah. why I told you to get your butt over here Good. because I, I knew, I told you this and I know you were a little bit nervous, but I feel like you, your personality translates perfect for this sort of thing. Oh, well, I'm glad you think so. Yeah, Thank for you. sure. And I'm sure you've got some great stories to tell and stuff. And I wanted, so far the podcast, I've had um, a couple of different people. I've had some realtors. I had my buddy, um, Justin, that's an owner of CrossFit Renew. 
um, right here actually it's only about a mile away from the office and he talked about fitness and some of the um, you know some of the processes or not not processes but some of the experiences he went through in becoming the owner of that gym and becoming a, a business owner in Austin and I love stories like that I think it's been a recurring theme on pretty much every single one of my podcasts are um, the experiences that people go through and that that moment that they have when they decide they're gonna do something That's and they're awesome. gonna go all in and they're just that nothing stops them and they go for it because I feel like so many of us live in that fear of going after something we really love yeah I mean I, f- I feel like that fear is it can be very strong mm-hmm. and it's you know it, it's kind it kind of overpowers other emotions that we feel you know mm-hmm. um so yeah he did it he's he's um he's doing a great job and i love that gym it's hard to find a good gym um to be a part of i feel a little bit guilty talking about it because um i have not gone for the past this entire week i have not gone oh so you belong to the i belong to the gym yeah and i love the gym a big believer in um you know trying to stay fit and i love crossfit I, i used to be a trainer and a coach before um, I got into mortgage, and so it's it's really important to me. But I have been really bad, and I'm talking about it right now, and I'm realizing, holy cow! Well, maybe have... this will motivate you. Oh, well, I'll have to go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> maybe it'll motivate me. But man, it's so easy to find a reason to not go. It I mean, is. It's so easy to just be it like, is. oh, I'm busy with work. We I'm make excuses make to ourselves a lot of times. For sure. For yeah. sure. But anyway, it's been good so far, and so I wanted to put you at ease because I. You know, when we were chatting about it and, and everybody always asks me, like, what we should talk about? What what are we going to go over? And I always like, tell send people... Send me the bullet points, Yeah, send please. me the bullet points. How are we going to go through it? And I tell them, I don't freaking have any idea what we're going to talk about. I just... I have a general um, concept of what uh, things I want to ask you, but I want people to get to know you. I want people to get to know what you're about, what you've done, what you've been through. There are people that are listening to this podcast. You know, you were asking me about my demographic. I have looked some of it up. There are people in France. There are people like across the world that listen to it, which is really weird. That is cool. It's not a lot of people, mind you. It's a very, very small group of people. I think my audience is like 300 people. Um, worldwide, but I, when I was looking at the demographics, I was like, France? I was like, what? I, I was wonder like, how people, they came across it. I have no idea. I'm assuming maybe just search for keywords on, yeah. on Apple or something picture. like that. Maybe it was my, yeah, it was my <laughs> fantastic picture. It certainly wasn't the title of the podcast because right. that is where I need, I feel like I need everybody's help right now to help me figure out what the hell I'm going to call this Oh, thing. so we still don't have a name. No idea. I, I have the title on there, Dollars and Cents, and it was because I thought it was really clever. I like that. Well, I thought it was clever. And I was like, oh, dollars and cents. Man, cents as in S-E-N-C or S-E-N-S-E. Like, you know, it makes sense. And I was like, that's so clever. And then I put it into Anchor to send it out to send it out to everyone. And so then one day I searched for a dollar and cents podcast. It's taken. And there's like three million dollar and cents <laughs> podcast. So I was like, oh, no. Christ. That was not an original idea at all. And so I don't know what to call it. Uh, everybody here at the office and and in mortgage has always called me JJ. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into the story of why, but they've always called me JJ. So I thought of maybe like, I don't know, JJ's podcast or something. But my, if good, anybody... my good friend's name is, I mean, I call her JJ. So that could be something. That's catchy. Well, let me ask you this. How did you name your daughter? Ooh, daughter. The, the daughter name was a difficult difficult long battle with my wife 
um, because she wanted to name her some weird, random, like Celtic, like <laughs> I don't even know where she was getting the name from. Um, but we went back and forth. I wanted something traditional, something Mexican, something that um, was a strong name when she was older that wasn't going to be too playful, yeah. that people would take her seriously depending on what she decided to do. And then I also wanted something that could be playful when she was young, you know, that we could have a nickname for her that nobody was going to turn into something, you know, silly. silly. Yeah. Um, there are a bunch of kids or names. Or make fun of her. Or make fun of like her. Like bigger stuff. <laughs> like, here you go, bigger yeah. stuff. Oh, man, you must have gotten a bunch. I did, you yeah. Did? I did. But now as an adult, I embrace it. And yeah. I, feel like I never even thought of your name. name in a funny way. Oh, yeah. I got stuff. plenty of Oh, but I, of if I go jokes. back into my seventh grade brain, yeah. uh, I could totally think <laughs> oh, of a yeah. bunch for bigger stuff staff so anyway we just went back and forth and and then one day i i came across cecilia and we just looked at each other and we're like i think that could work because ceci you know is a great kid's name and cecilia i think is a very beautiful elegant name you know when she grows older if she decides you know to do something where you know she wants to have that type of name she can use it and if she wants to be called ceci when she's you know older and in business then go for it and it's unique and it's unique yeah I don't know a lot of people. I know one person named Ceci, and I went to high school with her. Um, and that's it. That's the only person I know personally that I don't know that any has that name. Sicilian. No. So the podcast is a, is a big challenge. I have no idea what I'm going to call it. I just hope that people keep listening to it. I mean, eventually it might just end up be the Nameless Podcast. The Nameless Podcast. <laughs> I don't want to... My, my name, my last name is so like... Uh, in Spanish, the word is tosco, like a, kind of like harsh... Juarez. Like, what do you, Juarez podcast? That just doesn't sound right. There's nothing catchy about that. So, I don't know. Any, well, if, if anybody's wanna, listening if and they have ideas. bigger staff, I will extend The you. bigger staff. <laughs> JJ's <laughs> bigger staff hour. I don't know, something like that. Well, we'll find out. But, yeah. uh, okay, so tell me, you know, I want everybody to kind of get to, to know you. I was going to make more time to hardcore stalk you and go into your past and like, try to find out more about you to figure out, you know, what I could, um, you know, tell people. I didn't have time to go Facebook stalking you where I feel like the bulk of the information is, but I did get to go. I know you, first of all, but I wanted to get some biographical info. So I actually found out that you got into real estate when you were trying to buy your first home or as a result of trying to buy your first home. Yes, that's correct. So tell me about that, Yeah, how that went. Well, so, uh, okay, story goes at that time. Story time with Sarah Biggerstaff. Maybe I should call it that. Story Story time. time. I like that. With JJ, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, so at at that time, I was only 23 Mm -hmm. and I had a boyfriend and I've never admitted this publicly before but we actually bought this house together oh wow and then we ended up breaking up but it ended up being a good thing because it was how I got into real estate but um you know it so this house was a foreclosure it's in north central Austin Fun times. and this was back in early 2012 so just to give you an idea of where prices were then versus now uh, this house little two bedroom one bath plus a converted garage um, I paid 144 for this house, and you know today it's probably worth close to 350. Hot damn! So that was real lucky, <laughs> you know, because I um, so my down payment I did an FHA loan, so my down payment was just over five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, mm-hmm. 
and the seller paid the closing costs. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like I got really lucky, but it was it was a very stressful experience. It was a foreclosure, so it was kind of a bureaucratic Tricky. process. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, in all honesty, my, <laughs> my realtor wasn't... Uh, perhaps the most organized or efficient savvy. or all intelligent <laughs> well spoken yes. professional I'm not to say anything <laughs> bad these about big anyone. words <laughs> but anyway so after after that happened I was like man you know that was really stressful and I think I could see myself doing this and you know really helping people to not have such a stressful you know especially first time mm-hmm. home buying experience and so so at that time I was working as the assistant to a lady in Austin her name's Bridget Dunlap and she's an entrepreneur she started the first bar on Rainy Street which was Luster Pearl Oh Luster Pearl back I in the miss day you so much Yeah back in the day when Rainy Street was laid back and you know oh, it's so lame now Now it's so It is so lame say, talk about fratty? <laughs> Oh it's like frat central are you kidding it is, me it used yeah. to be it was more so special. It was so special. You could go and walk around and it was quiet and, and there were bars there, you know, there were bars around, but you could like, you know, go from one place to the next and it was just a just special low key. low key place. And yeah. now it might as well be Sixth Street. I mean it might it's as different. well be that. Yeah. It's not the same at all. Yeah, and especially without the original Luster Pearl, Correct. which has now there is now another Luster Pearl and Rainy that she opened, but the original Luster Pearl house from the, it was from the 1800s. It now is moved to East Austin. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, so I was working for Bridget at that time, which was you know a great experience working for an entrepreneur, uh, which I think inspired you know the little entrepreneur inside of me, which we can talk about homies mm-hmm. a, a little bit later. But uh, anyway, so I I decided to get my real estate license while I was working for her, and I wasn't planning to just jump ship you know, and go into real estate full times. That, that was a scary prospect for me. Obviously real estate is Mm -hmm. commission only. Right. And, uh, but then it kind of just happened that way. And I got my license and ended up just kind of, you know, switching full time to real estate. And it was, you know, it was pretty scary, pretty scary. And at that, I guess by that time, I think I was maybe 24, 23, 24. Right. And, uh, anyway, so that was, that was a while ago because I just turned 31. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so it's been, yeah, but it's been pretty amazing. It's been crazy. It's been busy. It's been laughs and cries and everything you can imagine in between. One of my favorite, I think I am going to call this podcast story time with JJ. Yeah. I feel like that's the way to go because one, I, I honestly, I swear, I, I love stories. Like I love people telling me things that they've been through, whether it's professional or personal. Like I love when people yeah. tell stories and nothing better than a person that tells a story well. And sometimes um, people feel like they have to rush through a story. Like I right. I just want to hear the whole, every detail. Like I love like sitting back and hearing like everything that that person went through and trying to visualize that experience. I love that. And so I have to ask you because I, I generally do ask this question to people when we're having a conversation is if you would be willing to share with us you know, in the best, most crafty way possible, the worst experience or memory that you can remember having gone through in real estate with a client or with yourself personally, anything that was just like super stressful, anything like that. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it's, 
you know, I think you really have to build a backbone in real estate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's hard because you you try not to take things personally. And and a lot of times things aren't personal, but then I guess sometimes they are. But uh, I had one client that I had worked with for a very long time and just really worked hard for her, gave her my 100% as I always do. And she had missed out, you know, Austin crazy market. She had missed out on a few different offers that we had submitted. And uh, anyway, finally this one house popped on the market and we submitted an offer for $40,000 over the asking price on this house. And I was like, there's no way there's another offer that's right. higher than ours. You know, I can't remember how many offers. This was a few years ago, how many offers they had. And anyway, they ended up accepting an offer that was considerably less than her offer. And I think it was just, you know, it it was just the offer they wanted to accept. I mean, it's the seller's right to do that, right. you know. And so she fired me after that. You know, because her, you know, I think she just thought that there was something wrong oh, with with the way you presented the, way, the offer, or, or just or? you know, she she just she wanted that house, and it did her offer didn't get accepted. So it was your fault, right? Yeah. yeah, and it was. I mean, it was very hurtful, you know, and especially after having worked so long and so hard for someone, like really gave her my hundred mm-hmm. percent, you know. But I guess it's just the way it is. I mean, you can't. You can't win them all. Yeah. You know, it's all painful. you can do is what you can do. It's painful to to lose a client. And I feel like um, probably lenders are more used to it. So it's not as um, it's not as painful because when we meet them, we're just starting to meet them and kind of starting to work with them and starting to get an understanding of what we can do. You almost have an idea that, you know, they may be looking at different options or they may not know you very well and they haven't established trust with you. I feel like it's very different with a realtor because it's personal. It's very personal. It's super personal. Yeah. I mean, you're out there like taking them to see homes and, right. you get, and like you meet you're their with family. them. You meet you their family. get involved yeah. in their lives and you know what's going on. And a lot of times you know, you do know a lot about their financial situation or whatever it may be, you know. But yeah, it's, you know, and, and plus you just, you know, you want people to like you. Yeah. I mean, you oh, and, yeah. and you like your clients and mm-hmm. you bond with them so anyway but I think that's just part of the experience and I guess you know you just learn what you can and take away and try to learn and move on you know Mm -hmm. you can't you won't always win everyone right and um, you know I noticed from your bio too is is in reading it just the whole client first you know mentality there's a little snippet there that that talks about that being something that you really care about and I think there's a reason why well, let me let me rephrase this. I think we all, as kids, as we grow up, become adults, and start choosing the people that we want in our lives, we do this almost innately, automatically. Or I'd like to think that most of us will do this at some point, which is we start deciding the type of people that we want around our life, in our personal life. And I used to tell um, students and friends that we make decisions about the types of behavior the types of behavior patterns in others that we allow to have, right? So let's say I have a friend and I know them, we're getting to know each other and that friend steals a lot, right? Or I know a friend that talks down to people a lot and makes fun of people and likes to ridicule people that he finds weaker or less confident you or have insecure. A no, let's say I do. Yeah. Right? Let's say I have friends like that that do those or that, you know, commit those behaviors, whatever you want to call it. I always used to tell my friends and students that I had in the past that 
we make a decision about the type of behaviors we're allowed to have in our lives and then we ultimately will say hey friend i'm not going to i'm not going to stand for that like that that crap that you're doing right now the right. way that you're talking to that person or the fact that you keep stealing or the fact that you keep acting that way yeah i'm not okay with it so you can either stop doing that or you can move on because i'm not going to allow you in this circle of my friends of the people that i that i you know associate with and it's always a really scary thing to do to stand up for what you believe in and um, what you want to be surrounded with, especially when they're people that you consider to be your friends, right? But I always used to tell people that if you if you really just stay true to that and follow through with it, what you end up finding is that over time, the only people that are left in that circle are all of the people that you want to be left in that circle. And those are the people that matter. Those are the people that matter. You have filtered out all of the people and all of the nonsense People that behave poorly, that treat others poorly, that all of the things that you don't want, they're gone because you've stood up for what you believe in and what you want to have in your life. And it's a really important lesson for us to all learn um, personally as we're growing up. Some of us take a really, really long time to figure it out. Um, I joke around and and say that people that have that issue... Um, have a broken radar you know it's kind of like they're they're searching for friends or associates or whatever and their radar's not quite picking up you know the right signal and so anyway I digress but the point that I was trying to make is that we do that in business as well we we figure out what types of people we want to have in our circle the types of people that we work with and when I saw that the whole clients comes first I thought to myself of course she has something like that on her bio you know because there's a reason why we work together. There's a reason why we know each other and why we've gravitated to each other. Same thing with people like Squad and Daphne and a lot of the realtors, if, if not all of the realtors that I work with, have some element of that in their business. Yeah. And I think that that's really important is genuinely caring about the that's outcome that, your, that yeah. your clients will experience. Yeah, I mean, I think my whole thing is that I just really, truly care about people, mm-hmm. you know, and at the end, of, that's how I run my business, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you make a good point about setting, it's like there is something to be said for setting boundaries with people. Right. And I think that's something that I'm learning how to do as I get older. And I feel like that's, there's also something to be said for, you know, being, being a real professional, you do kind of have those boundaries with people instead of, you know, always being the person to say yes to everything, you right. know, in some way, it does make you professional. If you can say, you know, no, I don't, you know, I don't answer calls after eight o'clock at night right. or, you know, or, or maybe you do, but whatever it is, right. you know, um, so you stand up for, you know, what yeah. you want. And- but I think, you know, I think just caring about people and putting their needs first. I mean, that's our job. Oh, it totally That's our is. job. And that's, that's our, that's my fiduciary responsibility as a realtor. But don't you think it's also, you know, when I first got in um, to mortgage, I'm not I'm not a, a realtor at all, uh, of course. But when I first got into mortgage, there were a few things that I noticed. And as I was trying to kind of make a name for myself, is that it's an industry that lends to a lot of um, what would I call this? It's kind of like that. Um, it leads, to, I feel like, to a lot of wanting of like this millionaire status like this wanting for financial success over the quality of work and so i see a lot of uh loan officers and or agents that are like 
you know, million dollar this, million dollar that. This is how much I made. This is how much I closed. They're going after the number. And it's just like number, 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 number. Like I, Instead this is how much service. I made. You know, this is how much I made this, this, this month. I see it a lot and it stands out to me. Wow. And so when I first got started, I remember thinking to myself that I didn't want to do that. I just really wanted to focus on quality of work and protecting my clients and helping them make good decisions. And it was slow at first. I mean, that marketing idea is not not the best because there are a lot of other ways that you can market yourself right, to attract. Right, because sometimes you lose that on the deals. Right. Oh, you I know, lost that on by tons putting there, of deals. I mean, that's, but that's just how it is. But in the long run, oh, in the you long are run. much more successful. Oh, for sure. I, I, I'm so glad that I... I decided to do that because at the beginning it was difficult. There were certainly ways to take shortcuts. Um, long term, it has been great, and it is. I'm so glad that I decided to do things that way. And I would think that having that approach that you have um, have had has been really great for you too. Is knowing that when you have clients and when they're referred to you or family or friends send them your way, that they have someone that they know that they can genuinely trust, and that yeah. that they're really gonna. Um, trust in you to, to guide them in the right direction yeah that's important i think right yeah and i i mean i it means a lot that my clients trust me and i i feel like that trust is a responsibility in some way and i take it very seriously and uh you know it's a big it's, it's a big purchase i mean it's a big purchase the biggest yeah. if not one of the biggest purchases that our clients will make um and i always tell them that at the end of the day you know we're gonna all walk away and they're gonna be left behind with a mortgage and i want to make sure that that mortgage is yeah is solid and that's gonna protect them but the nice thing is you know we as business owners we can still be successful we can make a lot of money and mm-hmm. still always do the right thing and treat people the right way you right. know you can have I, both i couldn't agree with you more and that's why i always try I try so hard when I meet with people, especially um, new new lenders or, or new agents when we're just doing networking meetings and we're talking about growth and, and all of that. I, I try to really push that concept of not not wanting to lean towards taking the shortcuts and not, not wanting to say, well, how can I most quickly make money? And we all need money. We need money to provide for our families, to support ourselves, all of that stuff. It is definitely very, very much necessary. But I've just found if you if you focus on the quality of work that you provide, that it'll take care of itself over time. And providing value. And providing value. Providing value is uh, the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, number think. one. Number one. So aside from that. Well, that must be why we make such a great team. Yeah, there you go. I mean, and, and I, th- I think, yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, so anyway, uh, aside from all of that stuff, I, I can't. I think every podcast has gone in that direction, so I feel like I need to talk about something different. But I, I just think it's an important message for everyone. Um, well, and I mean, just to say a word, you've taken excellent care of many clients of mine over the years, and they're all very happy now in their Call homes. today, 512. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, though. Thank you. Sarah Biggerstaff, bigger, uh, Sarah Biggerstaff uh, local sponsor of the JJ Storytime no, no. podcast hour. I didn't get paid for that. No, I'm kidding. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. It does mean, to, mean a lot to me. You know that it does, and so... Um, we do the best um, that we can every single time, and it's as long as you keep bringing wine as my closing gift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> every time, every time. Red wine. <laughs> what are you cab? Is that what it was? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Cab, California cabs. <laughs> you know, I had a cab recently, and I thought of you, and I was thinking, is this what Sarah's been talking about we this just entire bought time? It. <laughs> I know, right? Um, it was really good. Um, I don't know if I told you, but I'm on a 90 day no alcohol kick. Good for you. I'm. So 
I have sixty four more days to go. I think something like that. Okay. Um, Are you were you just kind of doing a clean sweep? It was a stupid decision, <laughs> but I'm in the middle of it, so I'm trying to do the best that I can to stick to it. Uh, I've gone this far. I've done it before. It's not ninety days as is time. a bit of time. Ninety days is a long time, but I keep trying to remind myself that it really isn't. I mean, think about what in you were doing three scheme, months ago, right. and it's like it just went by like that. Right. So it's not that bad, um, but it's tough because... It is interesting when you're in social situations and you're not drinking, it kind of, you know, it makes you think more about like, okay, am I having, you know, nice conversations with people or what am I... You, you almost know? feel ostracized. Yeah. Because it's like everybody else is drinking and they don't trust you because you're not drinking. Right. And people people don't like it when you don't drink, yeah, you yeah. know? I don't trust it bothers myself. People, huh? I, don't dr- I don't trust my drunk self <laughs> being around your sober self. <laughs> because my drunk self is going to say something stupid and your sober self is going to catch it. Maybe that's what it is. I think I totally yeah, think that's, that's what funny. it is. I mean, if I, I, I've been around people lately not drinking and, and luckily nobody here has put any pressure on me. But I know for a fact that if I were back home in the Rio Grande Valley visiting my buddies that I grew up with, oh my God, they would not stop. I mean, it would be nonstop pressure for me to drink with them. Like they would get upset with me, they would tell me, you know, that I'm not a man, that I'm whatever you want to say. Loser. A loser, whatever other word that you could think of. They would not let it go. I mean they would they would put constant pressure on me to drink. And um I'm kinda scared because I'm supposed to go down there for Labor Day and Uh oh. And that's only, you know, that's not that long away from now. And I'm gonna be at that point, uh, you know, maybe forty more days to go or something like that. And and then I'm gonna be Maybe you can blame it on your wife. You know, maybe you get in trouble with her. Yeah, maybe I can just get sick all of a sudden and <laughs> not have to go. <laughs> or that. But anyhow. So, sir, tell everybody, um, one of the obviously biggest reasons I wanted to have you in here is is because you are a re- realtor. You're a local badass. You, I don't want to get too much into your, you know. A local badass. Well, I mean, I was going to talk about owning, you know, properties and all of that stuff. But more more than anything, I wanted to talk to you about homies. And I wanted you to have an opportunity to talk to those people that are listening to us that happen to be in real estate or are potentially a vendor or own companies to tell them about homies and what it is. And again, back to the same common thing that we've been talking about is having the courage to have a vision and to go after it because I remember when you were first getting started and there had to have been a lot of fear. I was real scared. There had to have been a lot of fear and I want you to tell people about that. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, this idea came about probably two summers ago and, and really it came about, you know, from me working as a realtor all these years and as realtors, you know, our clients look to us to make, you know, recommendations before, during, and after the transaction, right? And so this could be a recommendation for a lender, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a home inspector, uh, you know, getting the house ready for sale. Maybe you have a handyman come in and do some repairs, uh, painting, flooring, you know, um, you have a home inspection done and, you know, you find out there's a foundation issue, so you need to bring out a foundation inspector, whatever it may be. So, you know, as realtors, we are the kind of connecting point for our clients. And so it's important that we have these relationships, which, you know, a, a, a realtor who's been in the business for a while, they have people that they work with. Um, but, you know, from from my point of view, it's such a big part of what we do. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think I was very surprised that there was not already, you know, a tool or platform that was specifically designed and built for the real estate industry. And I just kept thinking about it, you know, and I was like, man, that's such a good business idea, you know, to be able to provide this tool for agents. And so the whole thing was, okay, you know, where do realtors get recommendations from? You know, realtors don't go to Google or Angie's List. Maybe they would as like a last resort, but realtors ask other realtors they know and trust for recommendations. And so that was, you know, how I came up with this name homies. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's, that's what it became. So it's, it's homies. It's a freaking great name, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And ori- so originally I tried to get the domain homies, H-O-M-I-E-S, but it wasn't available. So that was how I came up with uh, homies, which is a combination of home and ease. Which I think is better. But I think is better. It's better. It's right? definitely better. And the, so the tagline is options with ease. Mm-hmm. So it's homies.app. And so it's a, it's a free app mm-hmm. for any licensed real estate professional to find vetted and reputable, uh, you know, contractors mm-hmm. and subs and lenders and really any type of vendor they might need for themselves and their clients. And so, yeah, so, I mean, totally scared, totally had no idea what I was doing. And this, like I said, this was two summers ago. So I just kind of, you know, started going through the process of writing a business plan. And then I started interviewing realtors to get feedback about how they were looking for vendors and where and what, you know, what qualities they look for and what was important to them and their clients. And, uh, you know, and then eventually, and then, you know, interviewed developers, again, not having any idea what I was doing and eventually had a prototype created, you know, which a prototype is kind of a mock-up of what the app looks like. Uh And then interviewed realtors again, based on the prototype. And then, you know, and then it came to the point where I had done done everything else except for actually move forward to start this company and it was just like tick tock tick tock you know I mean I was just scared and for me it was you know the you feel so vulnerable when you're basically putting yourself out there with an idea that might completely fail and in my case yes, yeah that's you know, it that's and in, but in my case it's not not just failing but it's like my reputation that's in the real I'm, estate industry mm-hmm. you know it's like oh I mean it's just felt so monumental because you don't want to be the person that has the app that fails right right? and then everybody's like oh yeah she tried to start an app before remember it just kind of fell apart (laughs) yeah it was really embarrassing so i mean it it came i mean it just came down you know and i was just i I literally went to this chapel one day and i just prayed really (laughs) i did and you know actually the words that came to my mind that day and that was the day that i went to sign the contract to start developing the app and the words that came to my mind were uh, seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. Wow. I know. I was like, wow, that is powerful. I didn't even know where that came from. I Googled it and actually it's from the Elf movie. Oh my God, (laughs) no. Don't say that to me. Are you serious? I know. I mean, but I think that must have been a coincidence. (laughs) But uh, anyway, yeah, so I I love that quote. I think that's so powerful. Um, But anyway, so that was the day that I was like, you know what? Like, this is what having faith really means. Isn't it funny that the fear comes from it's like an artificial feeling of 
that comes from like embarrassment, right? And like, oh, the what unknown. if it, the unknown, what if yeah. it doesn't work? What will people say? What will they think? And and the truth is that it doesn't doesn't fucking matter. Well, no, but I mean, the truth, the real truth is that, I mean, really, it's true. Like the only failure is actually not, not trying, trying, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, it just got, it got like, I felt so passionate about doing this that it got to the point where like, I feel it sounds kind of dramatic, but like the pain and angst of not doing it was more powerful than the fear I had of doing it, you know? So, um, and so I did it. <laughs> I'm having uh, Mickey come on the podcast next and she's going to talk about um, leaving her job as a teacher and coming to mortgage. And she just took the bandaid off and did it. And that was, that was one of the things we talked about where she had brought up to me was that um, she'd been wanting to make the move for so long. And she felt like the pain, she felt like she would, regret more not doing down the road if she said to herself that man i wish i would have tried you know she felt like if she wouldn't have done it she would have regretted that more than to have tried it and failed and said well at least i gave it a shot yeah yeah and being able to live with that it's true it's incredible like and i wish and i hope that if i haven't hammered that message enough and through all of these podcasts is that if you're out there thinking that you want to do something Put that plan of action, you know, put that plan of action, start figuring out how that needs to happen, what steps you need to take to make those things happen and start executing them. And that's something that a lot of people leave out is that it's kind of, and I always used to make this example. It's kind of like um, when people say, I want to be a doctor, right? There's a difference between a person that says, I want to be a doctor. And then you ask them, okay, well, what are you going to do next? And they're like, well, I'm, I'm going to go to school then I'm going to be a doctor. Okay, all right, well, good luck. But what steps are you taking? There's a difference between another person that says, I want to be a doctor. I am committed to being a doctor. This is what I'm going to do. All right, first year, freshman year, I'm going to take XYZ class. I'm going to take care of my prerequisites so that in sophomore year, I can begin to start studying for the MCAT. I'm going to take XYZ. I'm going to talk to this professor. And then they start, you start seeing that there's a specific a very specific action plan Mm -hmm. to get this concept or this goal accomplished. And the crazy part about it is that that person could put everything they've got, everything they've got into becoming a doctor and they may fail. It may happen, but that person is infinitely more prepared to make that dream a reality than the person that just simply says, I want to be a doctor. It's just two completely, completely different things. And you have to be willing to put that plan together and to put yourself out there and to put in the years and the grind and the and the mistakes and the obstacles and the crying and the praying and risk not getting it done in order to potentially, you know, accomplish it. Yeah, but right. But then on the other hand, the reward could be so huge. And I don't even mean the financial reward. And I haven't made I you know, I haven't made any money from homies yet personally, but I'm just saying the reward of like the personal development truly unbelievable. So the journey that you the journey. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I so I launched homies in January of this year. So that was about six months ago. And since then, I feel like my life has just expanded so much 
you know, in so many ways. And well, to give you one small example is public speaking, right? So you know that I get really nervous about public speaking. And you're really good at it. That's what like <laughs> yeah. is so weird to me when you say that. But. That's a, Well, anyway, so I mean, you know, basically I've started doing presentations at brokerages around Austin, you know, and it's, it's literally like, I'm doing that because that's what I have to do. So I'm I'm literally forcing myself to. But you're out and of your I was, comfort zone. Yeah, out of my comfort zone. I, I was like so super nervous the first few presentations, and then I had I did one at Austin Board of Realtors in front of 80 people, and actually I forgot what I was saying during the three minutes, uh, you know. But but then I was like, well, if I can talk in front of 80 people, then the smaller presentations don't seem like as big, yeah. you know, as big of a deal. And then I got asked to speak on a panel at Austin Board of Realtors, and this was going to be a hundred realtors in the room and I mean I I was sitting up there on the panel and I thought I might just fall over <laughs> thank goodness I didn't but you know anyway it's you know it's experiences and I think this is how we grow right so maybe a year from now maybe you know maybe I won't be nervous anymore <laughs> so what is the plan with homies right now where is it going um, yeah how soon before you take over the entire world <laughs> Well, so um, so right now, you know, we like I said, we launched six months ago. So right now, I actually have about eighty-five really awesome companies on the platform, awesome. and so the whole like our value proposition that we're offering is that we do a full vetting process of the companies. Mm -hmm. So every company that comes on, they provide three references from realtors they've worked like with. That and we get actual copies of their general liability insurance mm -hmm. and their state licensing and we now do an owner background check and then i also check their bbb mm -hmm. and their online reviews and i do a phone screening with them so it's a very thorough That's kind awesome. of vetting yeah and, right. and really the whole idea is that the companies come recommended from realtors and from the real estate community because i want it to be organic and I right. want you know I want realtors to recommend contractors for the app mm -hmm. and other vendors so yeah so we've got about 85 really awesome companies and uh, you know maybe about 45 unique categories currently mm -hmm. so really anything a realtor might need even down to health insurance Wow uh, you know and I have a I have a category for you know commercial brokers if they want to refer a commercial deal out apartment locating uh you know windows gutters uh really anything you can think of that a realtor might be needing to find and uh you know so anyway so actually a couple months ago i finalized a partnership with williamson county association of realtors so that was you know, that was one of those amazing moments because I was like, you know, after all of the fear that I went through to get to the point where I am now, that was one of those moments where I was like, wow, they are actually interested in this product you know yeah. in this product that i developed and i i actually this was a, this was did another oh, oh i definitely did but no this was another <laughs> public speaking moment i had to get up in front of their board uh, their board of directors and i had already met with the ceo brian hutchinson a few times before this but i had to get up in front of their board and you know officially present so that they could vote on it and i mean i i walked into the room and brian said i just want to let everyone know that sarah's a little nervous today <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, and then they were like, well, you know, when you're nervous, you either are going to throw up or pass out. So I said I'd rather pass off and throw up. But anyway. <laughs> that would have been bad. That, that would have been, been bad. bad. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, so, they, I mean, every, every single member voted yes on it. And so that was just one of those awesome moments, empowering, you know. But, um, you know, so I think there have been a lot of positive um, things like that along I mean, the way. It must have been such a validating moment for you, you know. Kind it really of like, was, you know. I can almost, uh, I can, I, well, obviously I can see it, but not everybody can see you, right, or not anyone else can see you right now. But I can see that that kind of eureka, passionate moment where you must have just felt like, yes! Like, yes! Oh my, I mean, this it is was. real, this is happening. Yeah, like it felt literally like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, so the reason why they decided to do the partnership was, with us was because they really see it as a member benefit for mm-hmm. their realtors. And yeah. that's why they did it, you and, know? And can you, and the, the, you know what the craziest part about that story to me is I immediately... I immediately think about how crazy it'll be in 10 years. You may jokingly look back on the moment that you got that done and think, oh, remember when we got that little thing done? <laughs> you know, I mean, not to say that it's a little thing, but right. I'm saying right. where you might be in 10 in years, the grand scheme of things. you might look back at something like this when you were in your infancy and think, wow, can you can you believe that? Can you remember when we did that? That was I know that was a. Um, one of those turning point moments where it just all of a sudden like took off from there. Right. You never know when you're a business owner or when you have a project like this, when that moment will come. And it's such a beautiful feeling to know that you're you're in control of it and that you're putting everything you have into it. I think that way about my business every day. I, I realize that there are lenders out there that are, oh my gosh, they're enormous. I mean, they're huge. They dwarf me like, you know, I'm like nothing compared to I'm them. sure you give a lot more personal attention to your customers. I do. I do. I do. Definitely do. In terms of quality, honestly, I, I can't imagine anybody, you know, I, you know, yeah. I have a pretty <laughs> big agree. head. But in, but in terms of volume and production and, right. and financial success, I mean, there are people, oh my God, they're enormous. And I think to myself, you know what's so crazy and what's so wonderful about um, being in control of your own business is that at any moment a couple of decisions and a couple of partnerships and a couple of changes and you could they could be the turning point for you and what I try to focus on and I've told the team about this too is that as you're experience experiencing growth and success that it's important for us not to forget that it's not about being bigger it's about being better and to, to continue to focus on that because sometimes you can grow too fast where you can't even control the growth and can't continue to provide the same the service. same level of service, right. and you have to you have to constantly manage that and find out whether or not are you still providing good service because you're growing too fast and do you need to add people so that you can grow at the correct rate and those are things obviously that you want not right. to be you know a wet blanket but those are always things that we want to make sure that we do. I think that and also just you know remembering to enjoy the journey mm-hmm. and stop and smell the roses you know because mm-hmm. we stay in our business we stay so busy and it's like one thing to the next and the next and you know it's like yeah stopping to remember you know I did this company because this is what I feel passionate about you know and this is this is who I am you know and just remembering that during the stressful moments Mm -hmm. you know did you do I mean when you when you put it together did you do it in realization of because I know you mentioned that when you created but was there a moment where you thought to yourself there's a void 
here in terms of real estate technology that needs to be filled? Like that the, there should be something like this that yes, exists. Yes. Or was it just like a random day where you're like, I'm going to create this and then <laughs> jam it into the real estate world. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, uh, no, I, I, no, I felt like there was kind of this gap, mm-hmm. you know, the, a gap. Uh, like I said, like a, there should be a platform that's for the real estate industry mm-hmm. for agents to connect with vendors because it's such a big part of what we do. So it was more the gap. Mm-hmm. And then also just, I think, also you know, coupled with my desire to actually create something, you know, and I think at the end of the day, you know, in my crazy brain that that's really what, what's driving me. It's like purpose and creating something that doesn't already exist. And then, you know, not just creating something, but bringing value to people Mm -hmm. all in this one place. I mean, I I just, that's so cool. That is (laughs) freaking amazing. And I mean, as a friend, Honestly, I, I, you know, guys, I'm such a cheesy person, but I'm just so incredibly proud of you. I really genuinely, genuinely am proud of you because because I know how scary that must have been for you going through that. I mean, I remember us talking about it. Yeah, and it's still scary. It's not like you're done, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just going to go and kick feet up. But no, I mean, truly, I'm also just, uh, you know, throughout this entire process, day by day, you know, going through all these experiences, I'm also just so grateful to all of the people in my life who have been supportive and helpful and, you know, all those little things, even way back when, when I was doing interviews with realtors and they took time to meet with me you know and the the guy who did the prototype for me just you know all these little steps that led to this you know what we have now yeah and and then of course like the vendors like you Mm -hmm. who you know came on for our lunch and uh you know kind of put their faith in me and the app and you know like that really means a lot to me and those are the things I will I will always remember and be grateful for so thank you yeah no if you had um if you had to give somebody advice that's out there, I mean, I, I kind of said my piece about, you know, establishing a plan and doing that. But maybe you could say something about um, encouragement, words of encouragement or, or things that they should do in, in, in pursuing that that vision or that idea. Just something in general. I mean, I, I can't imagine what you must have gone through where you finally said, you know, you obviously you went to go pray and all of that stuff. But there must have been a moment where you convinced yourself that this was happening. Yeah. Like you were going to do it. Yeah. Like nothing was going to get in the way and this is how you were going to do it. Well, like I said, for me, I think it was finally that realization that the pain, like the pain that and the angst that I felt from not doing it was, the mo- was the stronger strongest, yeah. than the fear of actually doing it. I think for me, that was kind of the motivator. But I think, you know, for a lot of people, um, simply being prepared and, you know, taking yeah. steps Like how did you go about prepared? finding the right people? Like how did you, I wouldn't even know. Like I know. to start an app, how I know. I mean, honestly, I think, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, you know, how do you figure out how to do something when you don't know how to do it? And people say you just do it, but it actually is true. Like you just do it. Basically you just go talk to people and you just somehow navigate your way. And you know, as you talk to somebody that knows somebody, you get an introduction. So I got introductions to developers and you know, I'm so glad that I got introduced to the developer that I did who actually developed homies you know because it I mean it wouldn't I feel like it would be I don't know it wouldn't be the same Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh you know so I think you just have to really put yourself out there and talk to a lot of people and kind of have a 
plan in place and and obviously doing market research is very important because you don't want to go spend a bunch of money developing something if it's not really what people want or it's not you know so you just kind of started asking questions start asking questions start meeting with people take you know take people to if anyone is listening and they want to have coffee i'd love to meet you for coffee and Mm -hmm. you know try to at least uh you know put you in the right direction but uh you know i think you just gotta do you know do something is better than do nothing nothing. yeah (laughs) and sometimes you have to ask questions so that they so that the answers guide you in the direction that you want to go but but you're right if you do nothing then yeah but asking a lot of questions you'll you'll miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take i think yeah it's true i don't know it's true that's my sappy saying it was uh (laughs) i can't remember where i heard that it has to be like some sort of sports thing i i forget but uh, you got yours from Elf. I get my. I get my. <laughs> my from. I unknowingly got mine from Elf. <laughs> yeah, no. There's a lot. I mean, the, the, there's that one, and I have, I'm full of them. I don't know how they come to me, but there's a, a famous Chinese proverb, and I think I said this on the last podcast too. God bless. I'm so redundant, but um, I think it goes something to the effect of the best time, um, the best time to plant a, a tree was ten years ago. The second best time is now. Hmm. And so I, I think I, like I, I love it because it. I can't tell you how many things, how many ideas this podcast included that I started two years ago and then never did anything for. I started this podcast or the concept of a podcast when I was training, when I was a, a trainer. How long ago was that? Oh, I don't know, three, four, four and a half, five years ago or something like that. And, and um, I called it Baby Fat. And I did a, uh, you know, I did like one or two, I think, and then I stopped, and then I started it again when I was in mortgage, and then I did like one or two, stopped it again, and so, so this podcast, the this third try, this recreation, I've all I've wanted and all I've asked myself is that I have to have to be consistent, and that if it is going to be. Uh, every Thursday at two o'clock that I'm going to do it every damn Thursday at two o'clock, whether I'm talking to myself or if I get a wonderful guest like you, I'm going to do it. Um, And I just start baby steps and eventually maybe it'll turn into something. Maybe somebody will come on here and tell me or teach me how to really put on a podcast and how to (laughs) get it out there better. (laughs) Um, But if you do nothing and you just sit back and kind of just continue to think about, man, maybe I should do this. You just end up doing nothing. Right. Yeah. Typically, doing something is better than doing nothing. Well, Sarah, I thank you so much. I appreciate you coming. Thank you for having me. I'm going to let you get out of here so you can and continue with your day. And thanks for being one day. of our homies. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to seeing how you know the, the business, the company will continue to grow. Um, if any of uh, our listeners want to get a hold of you, how would they get a hold of you? So, you know, you can always Google me, Sarah okay. Biggerstaff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, um, my phone number is 512-584-5233. And the name of the app again? And it's Homies, H-O-M-E-A-S-E dot A-P-P as an app. Mm-hmm. And there's just one E in the middle of Homies. Very nice. And, and if people right now are on their cell phones and they're listening to the podcast... 
they can just go to the App Store, right, and download this Yep, thing? you can go to the App Store. Mm -hmm. um, if you have an Android, it's easier to find if you go through our website. So if you just open your web browser and go to www.homies.app, then you can download the mobile app directly through the website. Sure, and what I'll do is uh, when we share this out, I'll try to put the link for Homies so people can just click on it. Yeah, that'd be great. It, so. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Sarah, so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. I love you guys very much. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the podcast. We love you. Bye. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I like the kids. Yeah. <laughs>